Welcome to Own the Microphone. Join me, Bridget McGowan, an award-winning international professional speaker and owner of the independent publishing company, BMAC Talks Press. Everybody, I am beyond thrilled to introduce you to my guest today, J.W. J.W. Rayons is a husband. He is a dad. His wife's name is Tiffany. His children are Michaela, Chase, SJ, and Montana. And JW is also a business owner, financial advisor, Gallup certified strengths coach, board leader, and a professional speaker. JW is the founder and president of both Rayhan's Financial and Joshua Development. And it's been his life's work to help others embrace their current place in time and to proactively plan for their future happiness. Let me tell you JW's mantra. It's when you look for the good in someone, you will find it. JW, so, so happy to have you here today. Welcome. Oh, thanks, Bridget. I, man, you made me sound really good. So thank you for the opportunity to just spend a little time with you and have some fun together. Well, you told me I know how to make things sizzle, so I just gave it my best shot. <laughs> you, you do know how to make things sizzle. Anybody that knows you knows that to be true, too. Well, I, well, you know what? You're you're quite the sizzler yourself. So as a speaker, as a professional speaker, I mean, everything you do, you do with excellence. I'll never forget my first uh, interaction with you was via email, and I thought, this man has more personality via email than I do. I can't wait to see him on stage. I'm not even kidding you. I really loved interacting with you via email and then meeting you in person was even better. That was what, like back in 2018, I think, October or something like that, as we were planning yeah. for, for an event. Time so, goes by big. So thank you. Thank you for the compliment too. Yes, yes, absolutely. I love being in your presence. What is your number one strategy for bringing the sizzle, whether you're in person or if you're online, especially online? Yeah, that's such a great question. And I think as much as possible, you really have to know who your audience is uh, because that's where you can kind of blend this this authenticity of who you are with who they are. And that, to me, is what brings the sizzle. That's what resonates with people. And so um, as much as you can learn about the audience that you're going to be speaking to, I think is where you get that connection with them and where they, they feel that sizzle. Uh, but you have to bring an energy to it, too, of course. So that's the fun part. Yeah, sometimes people will lose their personality. We were talking about this a little bit before. All of a sudden, the screen comes up, the record light starts flashing, and you'll lose your personality. So it's really important to keep your personality. And, you know, people always say, always be yourself. And I think yeah. with presentations, it, it's the same. When you you're you're just yourself, you're just yourself having to be yourself in front of a bunch of people, right? right? Yeah, that's right. That's the part that probably makes a lot of people nervous is all of a sudden you get in front of a group of large people, whether they're on a screen or whether they're right there in front of you. It's the stuff that starts to creep up in people's heads. And, you know, what I found is even if you just take a moment to just remember that they're all people too, you know, and, and you're there just as a, as a resource to serve them. And if you almost you put that attention back to them, then all of a sudden you can get out of your head a little bit and, and some of those nerves start to go away. And, and then your personality really can shine through because you're not thinking about how you appear. You're just thinking about how you serve. I love that. You're not thinking about how you look, how you appear, how you sound. If you put more focus on serving, then that takes some of the stress out of it and it positions you to to sizzle yeah 
Now, I know you present to a lot of uh, big wigs, rock stars, high rollers, C-suite type. And I can't tell you how many times I'll have people ask me, how do you do that? Because it, it can be scary. People in the C-suite can, uh, I, I don't know, they, they, they're short on time and they want to know the bottom line. And sometimes you'll mistake that for, you, you get a negative impression and they don't mean any harm and they don't yep. mean, you know what I mean? But it, it can be hard presenting to the C-suite. I don't care how many times I tell people it's because they're short on time and they just need the bottom line. They just need you to cut to the chase. How do you do that? How do you effectively present to the C-suite? Yeah. Wow. Thank you for asking that question. I mean, that is one that I think, you know, again, I think sometimes we, we intimidate ourselves. It's not, it's not, it's not the C-suite. It's not, you know, whatever, whatever frame they're in, it's, it's the intimidation we put inside ourselves. It's not that they're intimidating. It's that we've, we've created them to be that. And the reality is, is all of them have great stories. All of them have things that have allowed them to get to that level of success or to get to that position or that style of leadership. And so one of the things that I've always found helpful is as early on as possible, just really engage them, engage them into a conversation, engage them into a story, engage them into trying to understand what it is that they want to accomplish out of the time that you have together. And the earlier you can establish that, the earlier you can get them to kind of respond to, all right, what is our purpose? What is it that we're doing here? Then it, it does become more of a situation where we're, we're all in this, like we're all in here. Yeah, I might have an opportunity to be in the front or I might have an opportunity to stand up where everyone else is sitting. But the reality is, is we're all trying to get towards a goal. We're all trying to accomplish something. And as you mentioned, you know, if they're in that level of leadership, they usually are, you know, they might not be short on time all the time, but they, they definitely have somewhere they need to be, right? And they have somewhere they want to go and they have things that they want to achieve and they want to get there as efficiently and effectively as possible. And so you just got to engage them. And then once, the, once they're engaged, You'd be surprised how long some of those conversations can go or so, how long some of those presentations. Um, you've probably experienced this too, where sometimes they'll tell you, okay, you got five minutes or you have 15 minutes or you have 30 minutes. And pretty soon, once you've got them engaged, you're there for two or three hours. And then we're all learning together. I really like how you talked about bringing them into the conversation and finding out what is it that they want to get out of this. Yeah. Because that helps with disarming them to a certain extent and making you feel like it's it's not such a scary situation if you're asking them okay what do you want to get out of this because now you're able to create this agenda in your head okay he said he wants this she said that she needs to hear this fantastic let me give that to them okay yeah well and, and two you know if you're there um, it's usually because there's a reason why you're there, right? So still definitely go in prepared, go in with a plan. Um, just also realize that you got to be on your feet enough. You got to be off the cuff enough to once they're engaged that you may have to deviate from that plan, but going in with a plan will make sure that that continues to move forward the way that is designed to move forward. So those are things to keep in mind too, is uh, going prepared, going with a plan and then be ready to be on your feet.
Ooh, that's it. Go in with a plan and then be ready to have to think on your feet and shift gears if if need be. And see, having that plan makes it easier for you to be able to shift gears because, yeah. right, just understanding exactly what it is you want to cover, what it is you want to accomplish in that meeting and being ready for anything. I know that yeah. sounds scary, but just being just being ready and still bringing your personality too. I mean, C-suite people want to see personality to an extent, not too much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> to an extent. Now, whether you're presenting to the C-suite or anybody else, how do you get things started on the right foot? Mm. This, I think, is where anyone's style needs to play into it, right? Because I think that we all can have a various various ways that we go about doing that. So I'll share with you. I mean, my style is to get them engaged, but it's to do that through some sort of beginning with complimenting them. I usually will want to find out, you know, what's something that I already know that they've done well. So, and it could be the, the, just the fact that they showed up, right? So compliment them and thank them at the beginning. And then, I, then there's usually a, some sort of opening question that I've prepared uh, to gain insight for them or to get to know them or uh, to just uh, intrigue a little bit, but also it's for, so that I can start to understand their language, right? Because if I, if we, if we start with an opening question, then you get responses from people. You start to hear the words that they're using. You start to hear the phrases that they're using. And now all of a sudden you get a sense for who they are and what their language is. And then that way you can um, kind of cater your style to make sure that it's something that's going to resonate with your audience. So between just, you know, complimenting them, thanking them for the opportunity to be with them for a little bit of time, because time is a great asset. And uh, then, you know, starting with some sort of opening question. But again, that's my style. And so I think everyone with whatever your personality is, you know, I know that I'm not always the smartest guy in the room. And so, you know, someone who has high intellect, they might start with uh, uh, an intriguing statistic, right? Or they might start with some great research and that's what draws people in. So I think you have to put your style into it. And mine just happens to be, you know, with compliments and an opening question and, and just the, the, the gratitude to be there with them and spend some time with them. That's a fantastic formula, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Complimenting them, thanking them for the opportunity, starting with an opening question. Like, like seriously, who can be upset <laughs> at right. a compliment, right? And especially if you're, if you're flying in somewhere, which not that people are doing too much flying at the time of this recording, but if you're yep. flying in somewhere, talk, complimenting them on what an incredible city this is, how incredibly friendly people are, how terrific the food is, or whatever the case may be, right? Complimenting the city, complimenting the facility, complimenting, I mean, really, because I'll tell people, I do tons of presentations. I have seen some rooms, and I have seen some rooms, right? <laughs> this is a nice one, or what have you. But complimenting them Specifically, their town, their facility, their staff, their their colleagues goes mm-hmm. a long way. And then thanking them for the opportunity to yeah. even spend time with them. Like, you know, thank you so much for giving me this chance to share with you my expertise or my ideas on A, B, and C. I really appreciate that. And then having that opening question. Everybody, if you need a formula for starting any presentation, JW just gave it to you. That's it right there. Let me think if I can come up. There's, I don't have an acronym. <laughs> I have no CTQ. There we have it. CTQ, compliment, thank, question. There's your, there's your formula, whether it's a webinar or face to face, C-suite, anybody. Now, JW, you're sharp in all kinds of ways. 
Uh. Everybody, every time I see JW, oh my goodness, every time I see it, we can be at, I don't know, the pet store and he has on a suit. I love JW's style <laughs> at, at a pet store on a Saturday. <laughs> he just to see me on the weekend, that's all. <laughs> Oh my goodness. JW stays sharp in all ways. I mean, just in all ways, whether it's his, his style, his personality, his dress, his approach and everything. How do you stay on top of your game when it comes to presenting? You know, thank you for asking that because, uh, here's one of those things where I think it goes, this, this goes beyond the topic of public speaking or training. Uh, because I think there are some things that any of us have to do to stay sharp, to stay prepared to stay mentally strong. And for me, uh, again, this, this is going to vary a little bit amongst people, but for me, um, it's placing priority on no matter how busy things get, right? No matter how crazy things get, no, how, no matter how uncertain things get, no matter how stressed things get, um, it's remembering to prioritize some of these things that I know keep me fresh, keep me sharp. Uh, an example of that, physical exercise for me, I know that I have to work out on a regular basis. Uh, if I miss, even if I miss two days or, or, you know, three days, I can tell a difference in my mental sharpness. I can tell a difference in my energy level. So um, just working out, physically exercising, that's something that's important for me. I have to keep a priority on that to stay sharp. Uh, for me also, you know, it's, a, it's making sure I've got some good, quiet time to just think and write and journal and study and and read certain things that I know fuel my mind, uh, I have to put priority on that because, like many people, I'm sure, you know, we can all get wrapped up in a busy schedule. Like you and I were talking earlier about how busy Mondays and Tuesdays always are. It's easy to get so far in your day that by the time you get to the end of the day, you don't feel like you have anything left. And so, uh, for me, I just know that that quiet time, that time to study, that time to think is extremely valuable. Uh, and there's a couple other routines that I have as well. I mean, one of the things that I enjoy sharing with people is I feel like you need to talk to yourself more than you listen to yourself. Uh, and that talk that you give yourself is extremely valuable. Uh, and it can go either direction. So you have to be careful what you're talking to yourself with too. Uh, the cool thing is with technology now, you can be out walking around the neighborhood and all you got to do is put in headphones. And if you're talking to yourself, nobody's going to know. They're not going to think you're crazy. They're going to think you're talking on the phone or listening to music or whatever it might be. So you can talk to yourself. Okay, who cares if they do think you're crazy? They they, they don't they they need to mind their own business. Why they all up in the Kool Aid? <laughs> right. So so I really appreciate that question because I think that's what goes beyond speaking or training is you know what are these things that keep us sharp and and I think any of us have to understand for ourselves what those are, but most importantly continue to make them a priority because uh, you never you never want to get to the point where you feel like you're off your game for too long. And so you have to have those foundational things, those fundamental things that you can go back to and go, you know what, it's probably because I haven't been working out. It's probably because I haven't been studying. I probably haven't had that quiet time. And you can reset yourself back to those again, and, and then, you, then you're back on it. And for each one of us, it'll be something different that fuels our mind. Yeah. For some of us, it's exercise. For others, it's the quiet time. For, for some, it may be that early morning walk before everybody gets out. And if you live in the Phoenix area before it gets 100 degrees, I mean, it's 100 degrees at 9 a.m., but I digress. But <laughs> for others, it may be the quiet time 
just being alone. For some, it may be journaling. Figure out what is that thing, that activity that fuels your mind, that recharges you, that gets you pumped, that gets you ready for another day, and then make sure that you don't drop that ball. Don't yeah. don't go too many days without engaging in that activity that, again, fuels your mind. I love, I have to write this one down. Talk to yourself more than you listen to yourself. That that That's golden. That's, that's, that's money. <laughs> JW, what else? What else do do our listeners need to know in order to be able to own the microphone? Well, you know, I, some sometimes I don't. I think all of us or many people have heard this statistic about you know there's more fear involved with with speaking in front of a group than there is even in dying. And we can read it psycho- psychologically what all that means, but uh, you know there's this there's this unique gift when uh, you can just share a piece of you with other people. And I think that's probably what the draw is for a lot of people to either be in front of an audience or to get an opportunity to, you know, train or facilitate or speak or whatever it might be. Um, even, you know, I'm always envious of people who have just got this, this creativeness about them, this, this artisticness about them, whether it's through music or, or painting or drawing. And, you know, I think all of us have these various ways that we can, express ourselves of who we are and what we have to offer and the gifts that we've been given in this unique journey that we've all had in life. And uh, there's ways to share that, that influence and positively impact other people. And so um, if for anybody in the audience that either already has this opportunity to share with others or has this opportunity to speak, or if it's maybe people in the audience that just hope that someday, you know, they can get up the courage to be in front of a group. Um, I think it's really thinking about, you know, what are these unique things that make you, you, and by letting that light shine, it's like, I mean, one of my favorite poems is Marianne Williamson's poem, Our Deepest Fear, and in there, you know, she's got, she's got a line in there that says, you know, as you let your own light shine, you unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. I think that's, that's the beauty of being able to be with a group, is letting your own light shine and you never know who that's going to inspire or what that's going to inspire. Um, and you can just have this faith within you that you've left some sort of positive impact, some sort of positive memory that maybe will allow them to make a decision they wouldn't have made or allow them to go a direction they wouldn't have gone. And, and then uh, maybe someday you get to hear about it. I mean, that's one of the cool things is sometimes you'll get a note, you know, a year later, five years later, uh, I've been fortunate enough to do this long enough that you know, it's even gone 12 years later where I'll get a note out of nowhere of somebody that was in an audience, you know, a decade ago. And they're like, you may not realize this, but there was a decision I made. There was something you said. There was this story that came up and I did this because of that. And now I'm here because of that day or that moment. And I'm just thinking, wow, we are so fortunate. <laughs> you never know how you might be able to change the trajectory of someone's life, a decision, anything. And it, it can be just two or three words, three or four words, a sentence or, right, a sentence or two. And think of the impact you may be leaving on the table by not speaking up and owning the microphone, by not putting your message out there. You have a message that people need to hear. It does not have to be perfectly polished. It does not have to be incredibly eloquent. It does not have to sound like something from William Shakespeare. (laughs) That's right. Well, you 
Bridget, you bring up so many great points. I mean, even look at right during this podcast, we're right in the middle of this podcast. All of a sudden, my light sensor goes out, and I got to stand up and wave at it to get the light to come back. I mean, you really, you never know what's going to come up. It doesn't have to be perfect. You don't have to be perfect. You just have to be you. That's it. That's it. That's it. And a light sensor would never go off on me with, with all this book. I, if, if you're watching the video recording of this, I, I just had this thing. I think I'm part Italian. Don't Italians talk with their hands? I think I'm part Italian. I need to check my, my uh, Ancestry.com results again and see what's up with that. But, yes, just be ready with the message no matter what happens and think about how you might make a difference uh, in, in somebody's life. And like you said, it could be a month later. Oh, check this out. It could be a month later, a year later, 10 years later. They may not even let you know. They may not even write you and tell you, but, and they may not even remember your name, but they'll remember how you made them think, how you make them grow, how you make them expand outside of their box, how you make, they'll, they'll remember how you make them feel differently. Right. And then, and then feel motivated to act differently. Yeah, yep, that's right. Mm. JW, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for the invitation. I always enjoy when you and I get to spend some time together. And, and uh, you know, whoever might be listening or watching this podcast, I just, I'm thankful for the opportunity that, that you've given both of us to just share, you know, a few thoughts here or there, a few stories here or there, a few laughs. You know, these are the great moments in life. So I appreciate the invitation and thank you. You're you're welcome. You know what? You you reminded me. You know, this is my favorite story I like to tell people about uh, us hanging out with each other. Everybody, everything that you do, do it with pride. Do it with pride. And I'm going to tell you where this is coming from. One of the first times I met JW in person, we had the right, you know where I'm going. We had phone calls. We'd exchange emails and everything. And then when we met each other, of course, we're swapping business cards. This man does not just hand you a business card. Like he does it with a flourish. And then he has to, he tugs on his suit coat and, you know, kind of does something with his shoulders. I mean, it's just very clear. He is very proud of who he is and that for which he stands. Everybody, Everything you do and say, be very proud. <laughs> yeah, we should be proud of ourselves, right? Yeah. I mean, really, when we think about it, here's why we should be proud of ourselves. Regardless of where you're from or what background you have or anything like that, here's why we should all be proud of ourselves because there is no one else like you. No one in the entire world. You are totally unique. And if we think about it, if something is literally one of a kind, that makes you extremely valuable. And so we should all be proud of ourselves. I mean, when you look back at, I, I'm, I really am just a farm and construction kid from a small town in Iowa. I mean, <laughs> that, but all of us should be proud of who we are because your journey, your journey is unique. You are unique and you're extremely valuable. No one does what you do the way you do it. Period. Do not feel like, oh, I can't do that because so-and-so does that or so-and-so speaks on that or so-and-so. And, but he or she doesn't speak on it the way you speak on it. He or she doesn't have your perspective. And, and I'm just, uh, not a farm girl, but we'll say country. Okay. Straight out of the country uh, from a small town in Southeast Texas, population 5019. You do not have to come from some big city and big background to own the microphone. Not nope. at all. Just do it. That's what, I, that's what I love about your title. Own the microphone, right? 
that's, that's a, there's a sense of confidence there. There's a sense, and at the same time, there's a sense of humility because if you're in front of a microphone, you got to have some humility too. And so whether, yeah, whether you're from a big city, whether you're from a small town, whether you're from the country, whether, you know, it does not matter. It does not matter. You have a message and there's a lot that you can be, that you can be proud of. Well said, well said. <laughs> Listen, thank you so much, JW. Thank you to the listeners for tuning in. Remember to always own the microphone. Till next time. That's right. Thanks, Bridget. Thanks, JW. <laughs> <laughs>